Hello everyone, welcome to All Things Relationship Podcast, a one-stop solution for all your relationship queries and questions. Here you will find everything from people's stories, experts on panel and some great knowledge that can help you make love real and perfect. So, let's jump right in. Hi Sarah. Hi. Hey, welcome to All Things Relationship Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, Sarah, I hope you are having a good evening over there. Yes, it's very hot over here. I hope your morning is doing well. Yeah, it's uh, it just rained. <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, let me introduce uh, some bits about Sarah. So she's a mother of three adult sons. She's a life coach and mental health advocate, being a serial entrepreneur as well and a big advocate of love. So it's really a pleasure having you over here, Sarah. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I hope we can have ourselves a nice, interesting conversation and help others. Yeah, I look forward to it. Uh, So, uh, Sarah. Would you like to tell us about uh, your childhood, some life-changing events you had while you were a kid yourself? Mm. It's a very dark story. It's unlike a lot of people's stories. Maybe there's, there's a lot out there, but my childhood was very traumatic for me. My father was abusive. And if you know anything about psychology, the, the child develops their feeling of love um, or being loved, being seen as good or bad whenever they're around four or five years old. And my father started abusing me around that time. And so it created something inside of me that made me have um, kind of a really bad attachment style. And um, it just got worse. His abuse really got worse. Um, So to learn that form of attachment is very unhealthy. And, um, you know, you don't know what love is until your parents teach you what love is. And throughout my entire childhood, it was kind of a, a black and white between my mother and my father. My mother was very loving, very supportive. Uh, and she, always tried to do the best she could, but she checked out emotionally at one point. And then my father just continued his abuse. He was a miserable guy. Uh, And I've since forgiven him, but um, you know, people, people are people. And so I learned my, my love style from him and was that I wasn't good enough. And that carried over uh, into an avoidant attachment style whenever I got a little bit older and I ended up with um, somebody who was just like him. So that really changed my life in the way that, um, you know, whenever you're a child, you're innocent and you want to learn about love. Um, You get told and taught about love through fairy tales and and books and Hollywood, you know, (laughs) all the fake love. Um, Yeah. 
And you really want those fairy tales to be true because you really don't know what love is. And you always dream about that. Whether you're a boy or a girl, you always dream about that one person. And nobody teaches you as a child to love yourself first, to take care of yourself, to find it within yourself because, you know, they're more intent on teaching you that they love you, that they'll take care of you, they'll nurture you. But if you're in an abusive home, that is not even factored in, you know? Um, So you learn from those things. And so that really changed my life in the way that um, I ended up with somebody who was just like my father. And it's because your brain recognizes it as that's what I'm used to. And so I'm going to carry that on. Um, And also, you always think that you can change them. That if they see your love, if they feel your love, that they'll somehow wake up magically and go, oh, this is a good person. Oh, she has a good heart. Oh, I, I was wrong and I'll change, you know? bits when you you know find it a familiar territory so you are you have some affinity towards it you just walk towards it and that feeling that i can save the world i can save this make him better or make her better and whenever you're young nobody teaches you that that's not how it works nobody teaches you differently you are you have to learn through those those tough lessons that that really isn't the way it works Um, unless you've got somebody like me who teaches their children, this is not how things work. (laughs) Um, And it's preventative measures. And to teach them self-love and all that kind of stuff, um, then you're not going to know it until you experience it. And then you'll look back and go, wow, that's one of the hardest lessons I had to learn is that you can't save people and you can't make them love you. So, um, the the uh, the abuse that I had received at home, obviously, I ran towards it whenever I got into this relationship, but it wasn't, and everybody questions this, why would you get into a relationship with somebody abusive? But that's not how it starts. It starts with somebody who's charming. It starts with somebody who um, is perfect to the eye, perfect to the ear. They tell you exactly what you want to hear. Um, mm-hmm. They see you. They They can smell you know, how weak you are. Okay. And so they know who they're going to be able to manipulate. And if you have no boundaries, then it's easier for them. And obviously I was searching for love. He smelled it. He knew what he was doing and he's a predator. That's what predators do. And so, um, you know, it, it wasn't, it didn't start off bad. It was beautiful. It was perfect whenever we first met. And then it was a series of events and a series of verbal abuses. And it just went downhill from there. Um, and you you keep excusing it. When you're a victim of those things, you keep excusing it. And you say to yourself, well, they this is not the person they are. They're just having a bad day. He doesn't mean this. He's just having a bad day. Um, you know, he didn't mean to hit me because, 
well, maybe I did something wrong. You think that you can change somebody and you get into a, a relationship that looks perfect, but then it goes off the rails and it doesn't start out bad. It ends up really bad though. Um, and that changed me as well because my ex father of my children had tried to kill me and he didn't want to have my first child. Um, he even threatened to kill himself. And whenever he found out that I was pregnant, then that was his threat. He was trying to kill himself because I was pregnant. And I thought, what in the world? Um, that's, uh, that's, that's, Okay, it's taking me some time to wrap my head around this. Yeah, it's it's insane, right? But this is the way yeah. narcissism works. Um, it's all about them. Has nothing to do about us, but it's all about them. So he was trying to use that to get me to abort my child. He said that if I didn't abort the child, that he was going to kill himself. And he thought that I was going to bow down and kill my own baby to where I could have him around. Um, mm -hmm. and I didn't want to do that. And I told him, I love you, but you know, this isn't going to happen. So what did he try to do? He tried to get on top of me and punch me until I miscarried. So I went to the emergency room, um, and I was bleeding profusely. I thought I had lost my baby. Um, they confirmed that I was still pregnant and that was good. Um, during the first pregnancy, I also went into cardiac arrest. I had heart failure. Um, and I actually died. My sister had taken me to the emergency room. She said, my sister, you know, she's, she's pregnant. I don't want to lose her. Um, they brought me back and my son had a strong heartbeat. Um, and they said that it's a miracle that he's alive and it's a miracle. I was alive. And I do believe that was true. Uh, going wow. back to love. I wanted my father at the time. I really wanted my father. I was 18 years old and uh -huh. I really, I said to my mom, she worked at the hospital where I was at. And I said to her after, um, you know, all of this stuff, I said, mom, I really want dad. And so she calls him up and he gets on the phone and he says, I don't care if you live or die. So that broke my heart that really solidified a lot of the unworthiness in my heart. So here I was dealing with, you know, my father who didn't love me. I was dealing with a partner who didn't love me. And so this went on for 13 and a half years between me and the father of my children. And he tried to kill me. Um, and no, no nothing Again. was done. Yes. He, he really, he wanted me dead and he did it in front of my children. He got on top of me and he tried to strangle me to death. And if it wasn't for me, you know, looking at him dead in his eyes and I said 30 more seconds because I was counting because I knew how long it takes to strangle somebody uh, and let go. And he looked down at me and he got up. And he kicked me as hard as he could in my ribs. I'm pretty sure he broke a rib because it was really hard to breathe after that. Um, and I called the police. He had raped me right before he tried to kill me. Um, I called the police and the police blew it off. 
they acted like it didn't matter. And they saw the, the bruising around my neck. They saw, you know, um, the discoloration. They saw where he had punched me in my face and my lip was bleeding. They saw everything, but they turned a blind eye. So I felt very unheard and just, it, it destroyed me. So he had taken off with my kids. He left. He took my kids and he left all three of them. And um, so this, wow. this kind of stuff went on for You are a really years. strong woman. Hmm? You are a really strong woman. That's for I sure. I did not feel strong at the time. I felt like I was the weakest person in the world. And I was terrified of him. And um, we went through court. He, behind my back, he went to the courts and he got a restraining order against me telling them that I was a drug addict, that I was an alcoholic, that I liked partying, that I was um, sleeping around with all these guys. But it was all the things that he was doing that he was putting off onto me. And I was nothing like that. I don't like even drinking right now. I didn't touch any type of drugs. I haven't ever touched drugs. Um, and it was, it was insulting to me, but he was doing a character assassination to where he could steal my children away from me. And so this is the form of love that I knew from the time that I was a small child all the way up until I was 28. I regained custody of my children after him doing a character assassination on me. And as soon as I gained custody, I packed my children up and I moved clear across the country. I said, I'm not going to do this anymore because he threatened to kill me. And he said, if I see you again, I'm going to kill you. So I, I just picked up and I moved. I was like, I'm not going to go through this anymore. Um, I wanted to give my children a better life. I left everything behind. I didn't know anybody where I went. I didn't have any friends. I just picked up and I moved clear across the country. And just me and my three kids. And um, that was, it was hard for me to realize that there was love, like real love. I knew it in my heart that there was somewhere out there. I just didn't know what it looked like. I knew the first time I ever knew real love was whenever I first held my first child. And every time I had a child, I have three of them, three boys. And each time I uh -huh. held them, I knew what love was. I felt wow. it. And... So I knew that the, like the maternal love was there, but I didn't know of any other type of like romantic love. And it's, it's true that uh, the most selfless love is the one between uh, what a parent have for their children. And yes. I can see yes. uh, if like, you look at the people who are healthy minded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. You uh, you were not so lucky with the parents you got because uh, for a girl, her first love is her father. That exactly. is what she expects. That is what she looks for in future. Exactly. And, yeah. So yeah, uh, how uh, how difficult. did you, 
how did you help your uh, sons uh you know work with self love first you mentioned that uh, yes you know, that you- is something because in my mind this is how it went i look back yeah. on my childhood and i see no support no love no no teachings of anything that would show me who i was as a person i had to discover that myself on my own and i figured okay it's my job to ensure that my children do not suffer the same so i was very candid with them whenever you know from the time they were able to understand um even whenever they were like 2 and 3 years old i would sit down and i would tell them you love yourself i love you and i would say your brothers love you and they would hug each other and it was the sweetest little thing um and they would hold each other's hand and they'd always be like i love you i love you and it's so sweet um but i always wanted to instill in them that that self love is the most powerful and i also taught them about compassion towards others because you never know what anybody's going through even if they have a smile on their face and so i would always tell them say like if they had a fight with a friend at school i'd ask them what do you think they're going through right now well i don't care i don't care and i'm like you should care because maybe they're going through something at home maybe go up to your friend and ask them if everything's okay and they would do that and they'd find out something was going on maybe they had a bad day you know maybe something was happening at their home and their friends would always open up to them and so they built those relationships those friendships and they were stronger bonds so they would always come home and tell me mom so this happened and that happened and it always gave me hope knowing that we can instill in our children our values of love and compassion and you know seeing other human beings as humans instead of just you know an object and something that is there to fill a space and so i always taught them you know love is not what you see in movies it's not what you hear about in fairy tale books love is dirty and it's messy and it's tough and you have to fight for it sometimes sometimes you're not going to feel like you love the person you're with but you do have to fight for it and you have to go well there happened you know a bad time right now and i have to love them through that they're trying to heal from something and i have to love them through that but you don't have to put up with abuse you know there's a there's a definite difference between those things and um you know they watched me go through heartbreak and cry and you know they always were very protective over me and i always thought that there was going to be a love out there but i i never knew that it really existed and so i just i think going through the healing process that was the messiest part cuz i had to realize i had a responsibility to take on knowing that it was my lack of self-love that got me into the situation although it did stem from my childhood it's still at my you know at this point in my life being an adult it's my responsibility to heal from it 
Therefore, it's not that I'm attracted to all these bad guys. It's the fact that I'm just allowing them to treat me poorly because I did not love myself. And we teach people how to treat us. So that's true. We teach them. Uh, see, this is what makes me happy. This is what I like. And this is the privilege you can have because mm-hmm. I'm okay with all this. Yes. And you know, it's the one thing that I have to say to anybody out there, male or female, and I'm not a feminist in the way that, you know, I think females should be dominant. I think people should be equal. And whenever it comes to females and males, the heart is the strongest and we all want love. But just because we want love doesn't mean that we should say, okay, I'm going to allow this person to disrespect me. I'm going to allow them to hurt me because I don't want to lose them. Let me explain this to you. If somebody loves you, you can do the worst things in the world and they'll still love you. The worst things in the world, like you can, you can be the, the nastiest, stinkiest, you know, pickle of a, a person on a certain day and they'll be like, all right, you need to grow up, but I'm here. I love you, you know? And then yeah. if, if they yeah, don't love you, it, it'll take just the smallest thing. You could sneeze or look at them wrong and they'll be like, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I don't need this, you know? And wow. you cannot make somebody love you if they don't already love you. But whenever somebody loves you, it's going to take everything in the world to for them to leave, you know? And um, okay. it's that doesn't mean that they won't leave. And I'll I'll say that. And the reason why I say that is because you have to love yourself more than you love somebody else. And if it gets to that point where they do not show you respect, even though they Uh say they love you, you have that responsibility to say, I do love you, but I love myself more and I have to remove myself from this. You know, we have responsibilities within a relationship. We can't blame it on the other person. It's up to us whether we're going to stay or go. And that's what I had to learn, too. That was my responsibility that I stayed so long with the the father of my children. And none of his abuse was my fault, but it was my fault that I stayed. It was my fault that I didn't have enough love and respect for myself. And that changed. And once it changed, people changed towards me. And there's a lot of people that were like, well, you're too sensitive and you're, you're, um, you know, you have too high of a standard. So you're never going to find this type of person. I'm like, no, those are my standards and I'm not lowering them. I'm not asking for anything I don't deserve. I'm not asking for anything that isn't plausible. I'm asking for what I do deserve and I deserve a love that is unending. So, and it's really hard because everybody wants love and they want to jump at it and say, oh, this is the perfect person, but nobody's perfect. That's, that's something that, you know, nobody's perfect. That's true. That's, I so agree. Perfection is just a myth for, uh, uh, from the way I see it, perfection is just a myth that mm-hmm. makes you uh, run after your own tail in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you so, know, go ahead. Yeah. I was saying that uh, 
well you mentioned at one end when someone loves you it mm-hmm. will they will not leave you no matter what happens right but but when it uh, crosses certain boundaries uh, that uh, when you maybe when uh, just as you said that uh, you stayed that was your fault you loved right. that person but still you should have left and you right. did later on so how would anyone know the difference or how would anyone know that okay this even though i love this person it's not a good choice to stay if you find yourself crying more than you find yourself happy if you find that the person is disrespecting your boundaries if you find that you're crying because they're not you know respecting the fact that you have certain feelings if they're let's put you this way whenever you say to somebody that really hurts me whenever you do that you know and they're being open and honest with you and they say you know i every time you say that to me it hurts me and if they laugh it off that is disrespectful because they're saying i don't care about your emotions i don't care how you feel this is about how i feel okay if they if you've repeatedly told them you know this is not okay behavior and they keep on doing that behavior as in if you have a partner and they keep looking at you know say like like with my ex i told him so many times you know it really hurts me because we'll be out somewhere and you'll just stare at women and you'll you'll go over there and strike up conversations and flirt with them in front of me and that's that's not okay but i put up with it so it's those type of things you know the blatant um disregard for your emotions and for you know your boundaries that is huge and if they're they keep on doing stuff like that that's when if you got to say all right it's enough um and i i have to give a warning against all those facebook posts that say stuff like if he loves you or if she loves you then she'll call you at any time this that and the other um it, somebody who does want to be with you will make time but if they're really busy please have some respect for the fact that they have jobs and they can't always be there and they'll try to make up for the time later on you know um they whenever somebody does love you you cannot force them to fall into this high school perception of love like you're always going to hold my hand and you're always going to call me and you're always going to do this and that that's needy that's very needy and that's that comes from insecurity whenever you are secure in a love then you understand okay this person has to work they're not always going to be around their phone they're not always going to be able to pick up the phone um you know they're they're going to let me know whenever they can that's that's the secure attachment that is the trust in the person if you find yourself looking through their phone there's no trust and you should just break it off there's none whatsoever so uh whenever i say that if somebody yeah. loves you that means you know you can have your bad days you can have your bad moods you can have your bad hair days you can look absolutely frumpy on days and they will love you no matter what but whenever it comes to abuse and disrespect and you know disregard of your feelings that's something totally different 
that's that's when every person's got to say as much as I love you. I still love myself more and I have to remove myself because this crosses my boundaries. And no matter how much I love you, you can work on yourself and maybe we can work on this later on. But for right now, I'm removing myself from the situation. And that's the healthiest thing that you can do. That's the healthiest thing anybody can do. And it's not because the other person is awful. It just means they have some work to do, you know, and there's no sense in blaming somebody and saying, well, they left me and they're like everybody else. Well, no, they, they left because they have love for themselves and they, they have respect for themselves. Maybe it's time to look at yourself and work on yourself and work through issues to where you're not blaming them, you know, because that's, that's where a healthy relationship comes from is self first. We're always looking for the perfect person. But hardly anybody wants to be the perfect person. They, they don't want to do the work for that. But that's where it all starts is inside. And then you can look for, you know, Mr. Wright or Mr. Or Mrs. Wright. Wow. That's, uh, that's a great approach. Uh, be the perfect person you look for. And then you'll, right. in a way, attract the person yourself. Because when you are perfect, like you attract like. Right. And you know, it's the happiest, you know, whenever you're the happiest and you're doing you and you're, you're living your life and you're going out and enjoying life um, and you're confident that really draws people in. And I'm not talking about fake confidence. I'm talking about being authentic and knowing, okay, I'm not perfect and I don't have to be, but I'm working on it and I'm going to continue to work on it. I'm going to enjoy my life. And I'm not going to put my happiness into somebody else, you know, because happiness is ours. It's something that we cultivate from inside. And, you know, Dido has this song and it's talking about how, um, you know, the like the walls can fall down and, and the rain can fall and all this kind of stuff. But I'm still happy. But she's placing her happiness on being with somebody. It should be the other way around. You know, the, the walls can be falling down. The rain can fall down. Everything can go wrong in my life, but I still have me and I, I can choose to be happy. And that's really difficult. But if you can, you know, find that place, you know, inside of yourself, remove your identity from whatever pain body you have before. You're not that pain. You're not that experience from before. You are a whole person. And if you can remove your ego from all these other attachments, if you can remove yourself from that and just realize, hey, I'm okay as I am, that's where you get your confidence. That's where you get your happiness. That's where you get your peace. And then somebody who matches your vibration, who vibes with you, who resonates with you, will be drawn to you. There might be five, ten of them. Who knows? But then you can go, okay, I think I vibe with this person. I think I resonate with this person. And that's whenever you can share your happiness instead of take your happiness from them. Wow. When you are happy, you make happiness and you share happiness and you that's attract right. happiness. And it, it doubles, you know, it triples. It, it, it spreads outwards. It, it really radiates. And um, I can honestly say, 
whenever I was younger and I would look at couples and, and, you know, families and all this kind of stuff, I would have that pain of, I want that. I need that because I did know that I needed it deep down inside. I needed the love and I needed all that kind of stuff, but I didn't quite realize that it came from within. But at the same time, I was always so happy to go, wow, they have such a beautiful love story. And they share that love with each other and they have children from it and they're nurturing it and they're growing a family line, you know, to, to continue that love. And that's beautiful. But now, now I look at it and I think to myself, it all came from within. When you love yourself and you nurture yourself, then, you know, you're healthy enough to do that for others and to share that with others. It's like if you have a, a rotten fruit, you know, it, it's, it's dying and everything. It's not going to it's not going to taste very good. I mean, it might be your favorite fruit, but it's not going to taste very good. And it's probably going to make you sick. And, you know, it's, it's probably not going to be fruitful and, and, you know, like an orange or something. It's not going to, there's not going to be a tree that grows from it. You're just not going to have that. But if it's a healthy fruit and you, you're able to plant and all that kind of stuff, um, the first fruit might be good as mulch. It might be good as compost. But whenever you get a healthy one, then you'll get something from it. You know, it'll taste good. You'll be able to plant the seed and it'll be able to, you know, grow into a huge orange tree. Um, but you really have to look at yourself like that. What do you want to come out of your life? What do you, what do you want to nurture within yourself? What do you want to attract to yourself? Because that's, it's kind of like a, you know, Oh, why are you going to yeah. go to a, a country station or a rap station if you're looking for rock? You know, you got to tune into that that certain radio station to get that that type of music. Just like you yourself, what do you want out of yourself? What do you want to listen to? What do you want to attract to yourself? That vibration will be attracted to you. You know, and mm -hmm. yeah. So you really have to to be what you want, and that's why now. And I've always said this from the time I was little, do everything with love and everything will thrive. But I personally, I want to be loved and I want to exude that to others. And I'm a big advocate of love and, um, you know, mental health. That's huge. That plays a huge part in everybody's life. So you have to be um, healthy mentally, emotionally take care of yourself, nurture yourself, get your rest, invest in your body by eating good foods, you know, e easy on the alcohol. If you're drinking alcohol, don't put chemicals into you that will harm you. It's just basics, you know, take, take yourself out to nature, enjoy nature because that helps you really balance out too. Yeah, it certainly does. When you are one with the nature, that's, uh, that's how humans are. You know, they were built to be one with the nature in terms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think that's why I like a lot of the, um, you know, like yoga, everybody does, they, they talk about yoga as in an exercise, but you know, there is a huge history behind it that they really need to learn. Um, there's a, a huge okay. history. Um, that's and, so cool. 
it's it, it it touches your mind, your body, your spirit. It, it touches everything, and it's not just wearing your little stretch pants and throwing on you know a t shirt and you know making all these weird positions. It's deep. <laughs> Yeah. You know that's what it's turned into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I guess that is how it is comp- almost entirely in the states. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, you can always see in you know we had which I thought was kind of funny. I was talking about this with uh, a coworker before it happened. There's this place called Hot Yoga right next to my son's restaurant, and okay. I said, you know. They don't teach what it's supposed to be, and generally, you know, if people don't teach what it's supposed to be, then they're going to end up losing it in the way that they put it out there. And the funny thing is, is the hot yoga place caught on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Got really hot in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I thought, well, I I tell you, you know, this is this is the the karma. This is the justice. This is the balance. I think you know. <laughs> so don't don't put it out there unless you know what's behind it. You know. Hmm. Okay. Wow. That's uh. I'll remember this one. The hot yoga place caught on fire. Yeah. yeah they turn the heat up. They turn it up to where it's kind of like a sauna in there. And uh-huh. I, I, you know, it's kind of funny because. Do they have that over there? Do they have, you know, over in India, do they have hot yoga or is it just, I don't know if it's. We have much more of authentic yoga over here. So uh, what I know of that is uh, the people I follow or learn from, we have Mm -hmm. that authentic yoga, which uh, for which the majority of it is mindfulness and knowing yourself. So that's that's what needs to be taught over here, um, because yeah. it's become very materialistic over here, and it kind of goes away from the mental um, meditation, the the spiritual, and all that kind of stuff. And um, I read this article one time, and it was talking about how this woman went up and she noticed the yoga instructor um, had one of the the yoga symbols on his back like a huge one the hand and so she asked do you know what that is and he goes oh yeah it's just a yoga thing and she was like no not really do you know the history behind it but it's really cool tattoo and he goes uh no I don't know anything about it and she (laughs) said oh okay would you like to know and he goes no it's okay it looks cool (laughs) (laughs) so I just really sat down and I thought about that and I thought you know that's something in the way you know that we do with relationships as well a lot of people say a lot of really pretty things but they don't know how to follow it they hear it from somebody else but they don't back it up and you know, whenever it comes to relationships and it comes to love and it comes to self-love, it's all mm-hmm. about application. No matter what you hear, you okay. know, be discerning with what you hear whenever it comes to these things. Um, if you seek assistance from people, don't go to people who have 
loads and loads of, you know, breakups and everything. And, and you hear them say stuff embitterment, like, oh, all men are bad or all women suck or, you know, don't take advice from them. If you hear bitterness in their voice, they're not in the right mindset. They're not in the right headspace about it. And um, you, you can't learn from anybody who is blocked off from the energy of love. Yeah, that's that's actually right. That's something I have experienced it and realized after, you know, taking the profound advices, uh, profound being in quotes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, I, I know like uh, as with the hot yoga, it's uh, that it is flashy and it's attractive. It's not the real thing, but it's attractive. And right. same happens in relationships as you, uh, as with you, that uh, in initially it was really the guy was the perfect one from uh, where you saw it, and right. it was she. It looked great, but uh, uh, it was not the reality. That's right, and a lot of them do that, males and females. Um, there's something mm-hmm. called love bombing. Have you heard of love bombing? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, so it's huge, and you got to be very careful about it. Um, where they immediately, and I've gotten this a lot because they either it's a scam or it's it's just somebody who's trying to get somewhere very quick. And you can't love is not one of those very quick things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, love bombing is where they're immediately. I love you so much. That's obsession. That is. Um, that's very it's weird whenever immediately the very first day that they meet you, I love you. Um, and they're the perfect person. They're without flaw. They're everything that you want them to be. Um, they have grandiose stories about themselves. Um, they, they lift you up so high. They give you that confusing high. Okay. They are setting you on a pedestal and then This is the way I've noticed with a lot of men and women who do the love bombing, where then they'll remove that, that attention from you, like immediately remove it from you to where you'll get that addiction in your brain. That happens. You get addicted to it and Mm -hmm. you're looking for that next fix, that next high that they give you from love bombing, from that energy that they fed into you. Um, so it's it's connecting that trauma bond at that very moment is giving you that addiction factor. And then they will come back and talk to you and they'll have you up so high, but then they'll say something shady. Like um, they'll be like, you know what? I, I really, I think you're the most amazing person. Don't worry about what so-and-so says about you. And you're like, what? Where, where'd that come from? You know? And then you start, wondering about that and they're like yeah don't worry about it I, I got this I'll 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 talk to them you don't need to worry about it and what they're doing is they're giving you they're chipping away at you and at your self-esteem they'll lift you up they'll chip away lift you up chip away okay and they'll keep okay. doing this until you are down notch by notch by notch until they have you fully controlled And that's exactly what my ex did to me. That's what I've seen happen over and over and over again. 
is that love bombing to get you confused in that state of perpetual, oh my gosh, it, it, this person is perfect. And then whenever they start removing that attention from you, you start getting addicted. You start feeling like, what just happened to me? And am I good enough? It's nothing about you. It's them. It's they're totally the problem. Don't ever think that you're the problem in that situation. And it's best to just run at that point. But a lot of people can't because their mind is literally in that cycle of addiction at that point. Their, their mind has the, the chemical bonds going on. And then you really have to go, okay, I'm not going to contact this person because I know what they're doing. And um, yeah, that's so what when you're addicted, mm-hmm. all you think of is your next fix. Right, right. And that's, it's literally like a heroin addict going back, looking for that next fix because love is very addictive. It is a chemical reaction in the brain. And, yeah. you know, it is that bonding. If you get a normal relationship, you might mm-hmm. have that extreme bond with somebody, but it's maintained and it's, it might be a raging fire at first, which is absolutely beautiful, but they're not going to be taking you down and they're not going to be chipping away at you to make you feel awful. They're going to be raising you up and they're going to stay there. It's going to, it might be a raging fire, but even if it dies down and it burns down, it's going to be an ember and it's always going to be there. And that bond is going to be there. It's going to be a protective bond. It's not going to be a destructive one like with love bombing and, and, you know, gaslighting and, and abusiveness. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing that I learned from my last relationship. Uh, the, the father of my kids was, you know, you really have to be careful and watch out for the signs. And a lot of people don't know the signs, so they fall victim. And it's not because they're stupid or weak or, foolish or anything like that it's just the fact that they don't know and manipulators are manipulators so what are the signs like uh, how will a person know these are the like obvious signs that uh, you just cannot misread these signs well one of them is the fact that if somebody comes on to you very quickly you can't, you can't immediately love somebody from day one. You just can't claim to love somebody you don't know. Okay. You can feel really strong about them, but if they're adamant about telling you, I love you, I love you, I love you immediately, uh-huh. um, you know, that's, that's, red flag. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, really, you don't even know me. How are you? How do you know? How do you know you love me? Okay. Another thing is that, you have to watch the way they speak to you. If they start off really positive and the next thing you know, they're like chipping away at you, then that's a manipulation. They're trying to break you down to their level to where they can mm-hmm. control you. That is a control factor right there. You need to be very careful of that. Watch out for that. Um, and I'm not saying hold everybody suspect, but be very careful and be very mindful. You have to use some discern- discernment on this. Um, now, one of the biggest things that people need to figure out is this, and they need to really think about this. If you're questioning if this person is real, that's a red flag. 
That is a red flag that you don't need to ignore. That is a red flag because your gut is telling you, your intention is telling you, your intuition is telling you this person is setting off my red alarms. They are, I can feel their energy and underlying energy and there's something off about them. If you are questioning them, even if it feels to be too good to be true, like uh, they are so good that it just feels unreal. Even then. Even then, even whenever, the reason why I say to be careful in those situations is because of this. Sometimes you get in 12 steps before you know that it has started. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There is good relationships. There, there are definitely good relationships out there. But more oh. than not, there are extremely dangerous relationships. And I'll, I'll revert back to LinkedIn right now. I'll use LinkedIn. Uh-huh. There are a number of gentlemen on LinkedIn right now and women. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm going to use the gentlemen first. They okay. are lonely and they want... <laughs> A beautiful woman they want that companionship so Mm -hmm. then there are these profiles that come in gorgeous women who are fake because they've stolen photos and they come in with that high handsome and they come in with sweet words and and then it turns into oh my goodness I'm going through this crisis I I need some money right now and they get Uh. scammed Okay. okay. Or they say, Oh, I'm so in love with you. Why don't you send me some money so I can go visit you? You know? <laughs> it's yes. <laughs> Those are the things that you know you you need to be aware of because honestly, every relationship is different, but it you gotta be aware of things like that, you know. I there are people who go through financial problems. There are people uh-huh. who go through, you know, crises, but whenever mm-hmm. it's immediate, I don't know you. I'm going to flirt with you. Bam. I've got something and I'm going to ask you for something immediately. No, just beware. Okay. Um, female, female wise. This is what I see a lot on um, whenever I was on Facebook and I busted a number of those stolen valor accounts where they have military <laughs> guys. They oh, they steal wow. yes they steal a military person's photo, they uh-huh. change the name up and they say they go to like older women, and who are single and they'll romance them. They will, uh-huh. you know, tell them all they want to hear. Oh, you're so beautiful. You're the sweetest person in the world. I'm so happy I met you. I'm overseas and I can't get back home. Do you think you can send me some money so I can get back home to you? You know, Um, and that people fall for that. They, their heart is so invested in the lies that Mm -hmm. they fall for it. They want to believe that it's real and it's not, and never has been real. And, you know, um, those type of things, they really anger me because they're playing with people's hearts. It's not just their money, it's their hearts. And yeah. that that damages trust. You know, if they aren't already lonely enough, now you really hurt them. 
and you really destroyed a lot of their trust in other human beings. And whenever it comes to love in of itself, you really damage their outlook and their hope for finding true love, you know? Um, yeah, I can, I can totally feel you, especially when you, uh, when you yourself went through such an abusive relationship, like abusive is n- not enough to define what you went through. Right. what you experienced and so that, that that's questioning you always question people you always look at them suspect um mm-hmm. and that's that's your basis of you know the perspective of love like everybody's held suspect anyway but then you mm-hmm. find somebody that you click with and then they destroy your trust again and it takes courage to love you know um and one of the things I am on a game called word with friends, words with friends too. And I love playing the game keeps my mind active and, um, you know, keeps me, you know, thinking. And so I always get these guys, they, you can tell they're fake profiles because they're always, you know, screenshots of, you know, a model, an older gentleman, something like that. And they always uh, come off saying, Hey, how are you? And then you say, Hey, And they're like, where are you from? And you tell them, but here's their story. Their general story on that gaming app is this. Oh, my wife died. I'm a widower. I have children. I'm a single father. I am over here in Iraq on a mission. And it's always like that. They always try to play your emotions if you're a female. I'm sure with the males, it's always like, oh, I really love you. You know, I'm um, I'm over <laughs> here in such and such country and I'm really looking for a husband to take care of me and this, that and the other. You know, it's always they've got some sort of spin and they tell you a little too much right off the bat. They don't hold their story. You know, whenever you go through trauma, you kind of hold that mm-hmm. from people. You You kind of guard yourself. Yeah, Um, but these people are like right off the bat I'm going to play with their emotions and manipulate them emotionally to where they will you know bend to my will and I'll get them to feel guilty and feel sorry for me and I'll get money from them you know Um, or I'll just control them and that's that's something that you really have to look out for those are big red flags so and there are genuine people out there Genuine people who, you know, they want to protect your emotions. They want to respect your boundaries. They want to, you know, genuinely share their emotion with you and be there with you and share their life with you. And I'm always a big proponent of feel what you're feeling. Don't ignore what you're feeling. If there's a red flag and you go, oh, no, I'm just I'm worried. Don't do that. Write it down. Immediately write it down. And you'll wow. start seeing those red flags pop up. And if you start seeing so many of them, like, man, I, why would he do that to me? Or why would she do that to me? That was so disrespectful. You know, nobody in their right mind would do that to somebody. Write it down. Look at it. Look at it and ask yourself. Remove yourself from the situation and say, if my friend over here was seeing a guy and she told me this, what would I tell her to do? 
I tell her to get up and leave. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's so there's true. many, there's many times where we, we excuse people and we make excuses for people and we need to stop doing that. When they show you who they are, believe them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we just don't want to accept. We just don't want to accept that they could be the person we thought they are not, or we thought that they are better than this. So right. we end up justifying them ourselves. They don't even need to do anything. That's right. And you know, the thing with me is that the person that I'm with right now, a whirlwind uh-huh. of love, absolutely a whirlwind of love. And wow. it was strong emotion. It was, you know, it was, it was scary. I'm not even going to lie. It was scary. And I always look for the, the red flags. I always look for them and I'm like, okay. And I did an inventory. Does he do this? Does he do that? You know? <laughs> yeah, I did. And so wow. to know that, I look at these things and I say to myself, okay, he hasn't done this. And how do they react? Like if you're going through something and you have a bad mood, how do they react? You know, how do they respond to you? Are they supportive? Are they loving towards you? Are they understanding towards you? You know, maybe if they don't know how to handle emotions in the way that I've never had to really deal with this, some people don't handle it well. And they go, I don't know how to help you out, but I'm here for you. That matters. You know, they may not be able to say, I can help you. Sometimes you don't need help. You just need that support. You know, um, you really have to take inventory on the fact that if you're going through something, you need to see how they're responding to you. If you are having a bad mood, you need to see how they're responding to you. If you are offering yourself in vulnerability to them, you need to look how they respond to you. Those are huge indicators of whether they're honest and truthful or if they're fake. Because if they're ignoring all of your emotion, if they're just kind of skipping over it, then there's not a true emotion and a true connection there. They're avoiding that. And it's all to be a source to them. You are there for um, boosting their ego. But if they're responding to your vulnerability with care and concern and support and love, that is the sure sign of a good connection, a good healthy connection. So that's why I say it might be a whirlwind and it might be a raging love story, you know, but whenever it comes to the red flags, which I haven't seen any, you know, it doesn't set off in my gut. Oh yeah. Watch out for this. I haven't had to write anything down. You know, if it was somebody else like my ex, I would have been Uh writing forever. (laughs) 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 I'd have a whole book by now. I'd be able to publish it and scare uh, the the heck out of everybody with it. But, um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah I just, can bet on that. Yeah, just follow uh, your gut. How how did you meet this guy? How did you meet him? Um, believe it or not, it was over the internet. And it's really 
it's kind of, I'll, I'll tell you why long mm-hmm. distance relationships to me were safest considering the fact that I had been through what I had been through and yeah. people will laugh at it and they will say whatever they say about long distance relationships or online relationships. And there's a whole mm-hmm. caveat of things that you have to watch out for in those. But yeah, you just mentioned a lot about two online relationships. Yes. And the thing is, is that be on the phone with them. Okay. You know, be on the phone, pass your pictures back and forth, you know, um, do not just rely on text that, that really matters. You know, you've got to be open and honest with them. It takes a level of courage to be in a long distance relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. but you have to keep the communication up. And for me, you know, going back to what I was saying, it was safest for me to be in online relationships because they don't have a chance to physically hurt me as I was hurt before. Um, that is, that's something that a lot of people don't consider whenever they ask you, well, that's silly. That means nothing. No. Okay. So if you got married to a, a woman and she traveled out of the country and she went to another country to work there for six months, would you say that your relationship was not real? No. You would still consider it a bond. You would still consider it long distance and it still works if you work on it. You know, there's a connection there. There's love there. And, you know, you have to make sure that you set boundaries and say, this is what I expect of this relationship. And this is what I don't want out of this relationship. Just like with any in-person relationship. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, whenever it comes to mind, you know, being so many miles apart from each other, it is difficult. And you have to, you have to have that trust. Um, Because if you don't have that trust, there's no sense in being in a relationship at all. So he and I do have that trust. And what I like is that we can be very bold and open and honest with each other. And we can Mm -hmm. laugh about things. And, um, you know, we can sit down and talk openly about this is my fear. This is my worry. Um, This is my frustration. And the respect is there. It's not fake. It's like if we have an issue you know, hey, I didn't like that, you know, okay, so what do you want me to do? Would you like me to handle it this way? Or, you know, how would you feel comfortable? You know, what is the solution that you're looking for? Because that works, you know, if you if you can put your pride aside, you can put your ego aside, then it will work. Yeah, both of them have to do this. If one can keep their pride aside, talk it out, try to talk it out, you know, put down the sol- problem that this is the problem, how do we solve it? But if right. the other person is not willing to listen, then I don't think it's going to work anyway. That's right. That's why I say even with being in person, even, you know, relationships that you'll see the person every single day in, you know, face to face, they still hold the same rules, respect and honor each other try to work it out communication listening is the biggest part of communication not just talking but really hearing 
what your partner is saying. If, okay, so one of the things that I want to point out with jealousy, there mm -hmm. are men and women who get extremely jealous. And there are men and women who receive that as in, will you stop that? That's annoying. But you got to stop and think, what, what am I really hearing whenever they say I'm jealous? They're telling you I'm scared of losing you. And if it's a healthy minded person and they, they look at you and go, God, I really don't like this person talking to you. You have to ask them, what is it about them that you don't like? And all the time, it'll come down to this. I don't want to lose you. I think that they might be better than me. And I don't want to lose you to somebody like that. I want you to be with me. Now, there's an unhealthy jealousy where they try to control you. And whenever you love somebody, you're not going to try to control them. You know? So you have to listen to what they're really saying to you. If they're saying to you, you know, why do you, why do you always argue with me? What they're really saying is I want peace in our relationship and I want us to be able to communicate without fighting, you know, look past what is being said and try to understand what they mean. That way you mm. can work on your relationship and make it stronger. Wow. So, uh, okay, uh, one question about this. As you mentioned that jealousy, uh, the root of jealousy is fear. Yeah. How, how would you like get out of fear and let the other person go? Or uh, in the person's view as they feel like the other person is leaving them or about to leave them? How would anyone get hold of their fear? Because from what I have experienced, fear is one of the strongest emotions that uh, I have seen people, you know, go almost berserk, like uh, blast like a bomb due to fear. How can anyone handle that kind of emotion? Well, I think it really does come back to this. It has nothing to do with, you know, your girlfriend or your boyfriend, and it doesn't have anything to do with the third party, okay? It has mm -hmm. everything to do with you, and it has everything to do with your experience. And where, where does that come from? Like a long time ago, whenever I was younger, whenever I first got with the father of my children, I was not jealous at all. I knew who I was. I was confident in who I was because I was building myself back up in private, not telling anybody, but I was building my own self-esteem up. And then whenever I got with him, you know, it, it knocked me down. And every time he would talk to a female, it would make me feel really insecure, insecure. because he would, he would compare me to them. And that's, that's where the jealousy came in was the comparison, because we are, you, me, and everybody else, we are enough wherever we are at that very moment, Okay. And if they want to compare, which we always fear that somebody's comparing and saying the other person is better, if they want to compare, that's their problem. That should not be our problem. But we make it our problem and we say, well, maybe I'm not good enough. You know, and we get yeah. that fear of if I'm not good enough, that means they're going to leave me. And that means that it solidifies that thought 
that I'm not good enough. And if they go to that person, that means that person is better than me. And that's where it all kind of, you know, it coagulates our blood and we just go cold on it. And we're like, man, I don't want that to happen. But if you can really look at yourself and say, I am good enough and they're with me. And if they choose, if they choose, which they're with me right now, they have chosen me. That means, you know, I know I'm good enough. They see my value. But I want you to remember this. If they mm-hmm. choose to go somewhere else, it has nothing to do with you. If you take, what's the highest bill that you have in the way of currency over there? Uh, $2,000. Okay, so if you take a bill over there and you crumple it up and you throw it on the ground and you stomp on it a couple of times and it gets dirty and some of it gets torn, is it still worth the same amount? Yeah, it certainly is. And that's what you need to remember about yourself. You are still worth that amount. If somebody throws you away and throws you down, it has nothing to do with you. You still have value. You might be a little bit crumpled up and feeling like crap, but Mm -hmm. you still have that value. And there's always going to be like everybody who wants you, you know, but Mm -hmm. if they chose not to be with you, it's not your fault. They chose their preference and they made their choice and it wasn't you. But it does not detract and does not take from your value. You are still worth what you're worth. You just need to remember your worth. So don't, in the way of jealousy, it's easy whenever you look at somebody and go, man, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I don't Mm want to lose them. Instead of going to them and saying, I'm jealous of this person. You can say that. But you can say the reason why is because I don't want to lose you. And I'm scared of losing you because I don't, I'm not completely sure how you see me. But I'm really scared because I know what I've been through in my life and I don't want it to repeat. And that's how you build that bond with them. And you become vulnerable, but you're also allowing them to get closer to you and say, don't worry. I, I don't even have my eyes on them. And that's an unfounded fear. That's what we need is to be told that's unfounded. And it helps build our confidence. Mm, yeah, having confidence is, it's uh, something you need no matter where you are, no matter who you are or what you're going through. If you do not have the confidence, uh, you are going to have a lot of trouble and that will be created by yourself. That's right. You'll, you'll, you'll commit crimes against yourself and have issues and make mountains out of molehills and just Mm -hmm. have so many issues because you aren't dealing with things and you have a filter on and you're, you're not seeing things clearly. And again, with the fear Again, with the, the jealousy, just work on knowing this. Right now is different than back then. Right now has a fresh new start. Right now is it's completely devoid of the past. It's, you know, you're putting your foot into a grave. You're putting your relationship into a grave whenever you think 
and you feel as if, man, this happened to me before it'll happen again. You're literally killing your relationship at that very moment. What if you do that? You're saying that you're going to put the crimes of somebody else and what they did to you onto your new relationship. And that is so unfair. That is just not right. It's unfair to you. It's unfair to them. And it's unfair to your relationship. So look within yourself and remember, I have value. And I'm going to talk with my significant other and let them know what makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then just really talk about it and let them know, I, I really don't want to feel this way, but I do. And I want you to know that this makes me uncomfortable. But I need you to, you know, let me know that it's unfounded. I need to know that I've, I, I want you to help me feel safe in this relationship. And it's okay to ask for that. That's your partner, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally get it. So, uh, wow. Uh, Sarah, can I ask you for, like, you shared a lot about your past relationship uh, the father of your kids mm-hmm. and uh, those were the painful moments I can not even imagine I cannot imagine how it must have been but uh, now uh, how it affects your current relationship or have you healed completely from it or could you share some incidents from your current relationship that makes you go gaga over this guy over and over again well Let me just say this. Um, In my past relationship, it was all lip service. In other words, it was always talk. It was, you know, I'm going to promise you this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this. And, um, you know, it's just a lot of gas coming out of the guy's mouth. Um, Okay. A lot of empty promises, a lot of broken promises. Um. And he boosted his ego up so big and, you know, he had all these grandiose things that he would say about himself, bragging on himself. But Mm -hmm. um, in my current relationship, I noticed it's action based, you know, Um, and I'm not used to that. The, The action based as in, you know, I've been with people before that that say things and they really mean well, and they're not a bad person, you know, they just mm-hmm. didn't, they couldn't follow through, you know, for one reason or another. But the person that I'm with right now is very action based. And that's what gets me gaga over him is the fact that um, when you're used to hearing somebody speak, and it always falls empty, the promises break They're you know, left and right, you're just like, I expect this now. But whenever you get with somebody who is, who says to you, I got this, they literally say, I got this and they really got it and they handle the situation and they take care of this or that, you know, it's that action speaks louder than words. That is what love is to me because love is a verb. You have to take action. You have to show it. It's not just words. You can tell anybody. There's so many men out there that will tell Mm. a woman, I love you just because they don't know what else to say. And they know a woman wants to hear it. (laughs) And then they'll, they'll turn around and go, um, 
I didn't really mean it. I mean, I didn't know what else to say, you know, and it just made you happy. So I told you, but I'm sorry, I don't feel that way, you know, and that's honorable coming forward and coming clean, but it doesn't make anybody feel good. <laughs> um, yeah. But the, the very fact that the person that I'm with right now does what he says he's going to do matters. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, it's so action based as in there is a distinct line, you know, um, uh-huh. between what I knew and what I know now. It, it's huge. It, it, it's, it's like black and white for me. It literally is. Okay. Wow. And, uh, how would you define like something special? Is there, uh, do you get that feeling of being special someone? Or uh, do you know that euphoria of love? Do you get that in this relationship? Do you mean I know like there's a confirmation for me? No. Uh, when, uh, when as a teenager you fall in love, you feel that feeling of euphoria, those strong emotions of happiness, right. belongingness. Do you feel that in this relationship as well? Because I now, think... like in it's a, a mature relationship and you both are really mature uh, right. with all the experiences you both have had in your life. Things are going to be a lot different. It is. How would it be different from maybe a 20-year-old you to uh, the right now? Oh, okay. I get it. So back then, whenever I had what I say Mm -hmm. fallen in love, um, for me, it was that euphoria. It was the um, excitement. It was that high. It was very high because you're your vibration is so high. You just, you're, you're writing on words. You're writing Mm -hmm. on getting fed what you think you need. But now I'm in my forties and I've been through some stuff and I know what to look for uh, in the way of love. And I can honestly say this, you Mm -hmm. don't know what love is until you actually meet it. And that is huge. The emotion is different than when you're a child, whenever you're a young adult. Um, The emotion is not this excitable, Uh fake. It's not helium-like. It's not like you're floating around and all this kind of stuff. There is an excitement there, but it's also a secure feeling like, I, it's kind of like, um, how do I say it? You feel grounded. You don't feel like you're in something that will run from you. You don't feel like a fearful feeling. You feel like it's just there and it's not going anywhere and you don't have to worry and you don't have to fear waking up one day and it's going to be gone. Um, it's one of those feelings like 
it's a knowing, a gnosis. Without knowing, you know. And there are things that you look at the person and you say, well, I didn't know that I wanted this. And now that mm-hmm. I've got it, I, I now I want it. And I never knew before that I wanted it this bad. You know, I never knew that I liked this. I never knew that um, I couldn't identify this as something that I wanted, but it is here. And it's like, wow, this is real. So that is, I think the biggest thing for me is having that security that having that security means a lot whenever it comes to love. Whenever you are a young adult, whenever you're a child, teenager, whatever, and you get that, woohoo, he's cute, or woohoo, she's cute. Um, yeah. You know, you always kind of have that angst, that that teenage angst, like, oh my gosh, I don't want them to leave me. Oh my God, I'm going to die if they leave me. You know, <laughs> um, everybody goes through that. But whenever you go through some stuff and you mature and you really find that love, you just have that knowing. And it's like, yeah, they're they're part of my life now and they're not going to leave, you know. Um, Uh Not being on the edge all the time really matters. Right. Like when you don't feel like you're literally walking on the edge of a sword. Right, right. That's, that's huge too. You know, that, that, um, the space uh, to be yourself, the comfort, security space to be yourself and knowing that if I am myself around this person and right. yes, I can come out or, you know, show who I am, show my vulnerability and I know they won't use it against me. Exactly that. Whenever, whenever I was younger, that was big. I had every single person who abused me in one way or another take my femininity and take my tenderness and weaponize it against me. Uh And they would take, you know, the softest parts of me that mean the most and they would use it as a weapon against me. And that was for the most part of me, going through this and growing and healing, I was always putting on an armor. I'm four foot 11. Actually, I'm four ten. <laughs> okay. um, everybody laughs at me. I'm very tiny, but uh-huh. um, my kids laugh at me. They're all taller than me, but um, I'm very <laughs> tiny, but I've, I, I had to put on a tough front in front of people. I had to put on, you know, I had to be a warrior. I had to always protect myself. I always had to be the tougher one, you know? Um, and I'm tired of that. I'm tired of trying to, you know, always uh-huh. be on to protect my heart and myself and, you know, not get beaten up emotionally, verbally, mentally, because people are looking to, you know, try to victimize me and I'm not a victim you know I'm a strong person but I don't want to deal with that kind of stuff so being around my partner allows me to be myself I don't feel like if I cry in front of him he's going to say you know what you need to grow up I don't feel like if I show my heart that he's going to be like Sarah you're too soft you need to stop that you need to toughen up and I'm like 
before, I'm just like, this is who I am. Why are you attacking me for who I am? This is, you know, it's abnormal to be this cruel to people. You, you're mad at me for being kind, you know, Mm -hmm. now I can be myself. Now I can let all the guard down and I'm a protector. I'm a defender. I take care of people I love. I've always been that way. But I needed that for myself as well. I needed somebody who would do that for me as well. And I never had that before until now. So um, that is another thing that helped me fall in love with him because he's very protective. And I like that. Okay, so he protects you. He gives you the safe space to be yourself. Yeah. And does not try to control you. That's right. That's a big issue in relationships is control. When if you love somebody, you're not going to control them. You're going to, you know, they say all the time, if you love somebody, set them free. And if they're, if they come back there, it's meant to be. But Mm -hmm. what it really means is this. If you love somebody, let them free, let them live, let them soar and grow and thrive. And if they stay there with you, then they're mm-hmm. wanting to grow with you. They're wanting to stay there and, and build a life with you, you know, um, yeah. because it's true that the, the harder and the tighter you hold on to somebody, you're going to lose control because you want to control, you know, you're, you're just going to harm the relationship if you continue to try to control somebody. But if mm-hmm. you allow them to be themselves and you just watch mm-hmm. them and you protect that space for them to be themselves, it, it's going to be awesome. You know, you're going to watch your relationship thrive like never before. Wow. Wow. I can only, you know, imagine for me, that is what I would call a fairy tale love where I am able to be myself, speak what is going on in my mind and tell them, okay, this is what I'm thinking about. What do you think or what would you say? And right. knowing that I can trust them all the time. Right. That it's, emotions it's that are not, Yeah. Knowing that my emotions are not ignored out or they just don't matter. That's, I think that's what's really important to a lot of people. They just don't realize that it's important to them because they've been told otherwise. They've been told this glitter and this shiny object over here is what love is. And that's so mm-hmm. far from the truth. You know, um, being yourself, being able to be yourself and not being judged I I keep Mm -hmm. hearing this is, and you tell me if you've seen relationships like this, this is basically what I've seen a lot of the male gets into a relationship and he says, and I've heard this a lot. I just recently spoke with somebody who told me, yeah, my wife, um, I learned to shut up and not say anything. If she's mad at me, I I don't say anything. I just shut up and take it. I don't Uh tell her my thoughts. I don't tell her what I'm really thinking. And Because if women knew exactly what us men were thinking, then we would be sleeping on the couch all the time or in the doghouse all the time. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, (laughs) wait a second. Not in my home. We need open communication. And that's something that I told my boys. 
you need to openly communicate your feelings. You need to talk about your feelings. If you're upset, say it. It's okay. If you want to cry, that's okay. If you want to be happy, that's okay. If something bothers you, that's okay. But don't handle it in a toxic way. You know, communicate. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to feel those things because in order to be a full human being and be a good husband and be a good father, you need to be able to communicate those feelings. Don't push them down. You're not less of a man because you, you know, you cry over something or it touches your heart and a tear escapes. Big deal. You're a human. We all cry. We have that right to experience the whole bit of emotion. So. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of men, they're like, you know, I have to buy the flowers and I have to buy the jewelry and I have to buy the cars and I have to buy the house. And that's the only way a girl's ever going to love me. That's not true. You love her. You respect her. You give her a room and a space to be herself and to voice her opinion and her thoughts and vice versa. That relationship's going to work if they're the right person, you know? You don't need all that outward material things to please a woman. And the, the same thing with a woman. Women think, well, if I show him my body and if I, you know, if I do everything he tells me to do and, you know, if I'm obedient to him, no, stop it. You're not a dog. You're not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you're, you're not an object to be showing yourself. But once you get with your husband and he loves you and respects you, you know, he's not going to be like, I just want this one thing, you know, mm -hmm. it's all things considered, you know, you can be open and just respect each other, love each other, be honest, you know, allow the other person to say, this is how I feel without attacking them, you know, mm -hmm. that matters because, you know, if you tell somebody, hey, this scares me and they laugh at it, do you think you'll want to tell them again? Mm -mm. You won't want to open up, you know. You'll feel like yeah. if I say anything, they're gonna. They're just gonna make fun of it. Yeah. Make fun of that. So don't do that. You know, it, it, being yourself and allowing somebody to be themselves is the most beautiful form of love. Mhm. Mm yeah. Oh, that's. You know that actually changed my perspective towards fine, you know, knowing who is the right person or how to know that maybe this is not the right relationship for you right now. Right. And it's going to change, you know, from the mm -hmm. time that you're really young until the time you mature, you know, even whenever you're young and you marry young, you yeah. as a person and they as a person will change your likes, your mindset, things will change as you get older. You're not always going to like the same things. You're going to learn to love new things. But if you are in a relationship and you love each other, there's oh. always that point where you can grow together and what differences you have and still respect it, you know, and you can still grow together and journey together. You don't have to go, well, you were this way. And everything's mm -hmm. changed. You can love the new person. You can love the new version of them. Some people go through 10, 12 different 
types of personalities as they're growing. And Mm -hmm. if you are lucky enough to, you know, look at that person and say, I love this person and they're quirky and, you know, I liked the person before I like them now and they're changing again and they're changing, changing into somebody else. They're blossoming into somebody else. You know, it's a beautiful thing to be able to say, and I still love them. You know, um, uh-huh. you don't have to split up. You don't have to, you know, say, well, it's just not the same. You got to learn to love each other in that space. And that's uh-huh. what love is, you know, unless it's really abusive, you know, relationships, you're going to walk separately sometimes. But if you're lucky enough, you can always hold each other's hands during that silence and Mm -hmm. you can say you know I still love you no matter what and let's get to know each other again Uh uh-huh wow I have no words to uh like it's it's so deep founded it's practically changed my perception towards uh how love should be it's a natural kind isn't it (laughs) That's true. It's natural. Centered from the heart. Mm-hmm. It's not from outer things. You know, everybody wants a beautiful partner. Everybody wants, you know, their woman to be gorgeous and shapely and this, that, and the other, big eyes and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the women look at their partner and say, well, I want broad shoulders or whatever their preference is. Um, and mm-hmm. they seem to always focus on that but if you really truly find love sometimes you look at somebody and go I would never fall in love with somebody like that but (laughs) I look at this person now and I think to myself I love everything about them inside and out it was nothing I was looking for but everything that I found and everything is perfect you know it's not what I was looking for, but it is exactly what I needed. Huh? Exactly. And it becomes exactly what you want, too. You're like, wow, this is so different and so wonderful. And mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful because you're allowing love. And that's what it is, is you have to allow love. A lot of people are scared because they're like, well, maybe they'll judge me. Bad experiences like yours, yeah. maybe. Yeah. They and that will stop love right there. That that will stop love because in your subconscious you're saying to yourself, "I don't want it to happen again," and I'm scared that it will happen again. But yeah. if you say to yourself, "I allow love, and I deserve love, and I'm gonna get love that I deserve, and we're going to work out," then it'll come to you. You know, and it Mm -hmm. may not be anything like we structure out everything. We say, I want Mr. So-and-so to be six foot five. I want him to have big, broad (laughs) shoulders. I want him to have dark brown eyes and, you know, this, that, and the other. I can tell you right now, my perfect man was always with long, dark hair. And, Uh you know, I'm I'm Native American and Irish. So I have a preference for dark eyes and long, dark hair and dark skin. That's my Uh preference. And it always had been. But Mm -hmm. 
things changed, you know, and you, you fall in love with the person. You don't fall in love with the look. And though it might be an attraction and it uh-huh. might be like, wow, they're really gorgeous, but it, it's the, it's what's underneath that you'll fall in love with the deepest and you'll be like, so the looks are just extra, but that heart, oh my goodness, that heart is everything. That's so true. With a big heart, you can love even more, huh? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, as time goes on, as time goes on, then you will still see them in the most beautiful light. And you'll say, you know what? Everybody in the world may look at us and say, man, they're getting old and they're falling apart. Their hair's falling out. Their teeth are falling out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> But you still look yeah. at each other and say they're the most beautiful person in the world to me. And that's what that's what love should be like you know that you see still somebody that you resonate with for the rest of your life wow that's yeah finding someone like that is a true blessing it sure is and i wish that for everybody and everybody can have it everybody and i don't mean just some people there are people out there that you'll look at and go how does that person have a partner and you might I'm gonna say this (laughs) you might look at them and you might think to yourself I cannot stand this person at all and it has Uh nothing to do with you though and you look at them and go how did they get a partner and I'm single well let me say this maybe they allowed love Maybe they allowed love and they're yeah. happy and you should be happy for them because finding love, it's not very easy. But the reason why a lot of people find love and they let it go is because they haven't allowed it. They're, they're blocking it because of fear and you shouldn't block it. And I hope everybody who's listening will open their heart and realize they deserve the love they deserve and they allow it because you are not the exception. You deserve love. That's the bottom line. Love yourself, allow love, and love will come. Well, that's that's true. That's uh, true. And that's something we all, every one of us need to work on. Love ourselves and you mm-hmm. attract love. Allow it in your life and you'll experience it. That's right. It's deep. It's difficult. (laughs) (laughs) If it's easy, everyone would do it and no one will value it. That's right. It takes, it takes a while and that's Mm -hmm. okay. It's a journey and we learn from it and we learn what we like, what we don't like, what we accept, what we don't accept. You know, sometimes we break hearts. Sometimes we get our hearts (laughs) broken. But yeah, we break hearts, we get broken. Yep. In the end, we've got to we've got to realize that we deserve love, though, and we're gonna be okay. Everybody's gonna be okay. That's the bottom line of having a life in itself. We're gonna be okay. Let's just experience this. That's right. I like that. Let's just experience this. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. 
thanks a lot for sharing all these insights i i know that uh, um, when you talk about the bad memories you are essentially revisiting them and i cannot imagine how it must feel even thinking about those times thanks a well, lot to be honest with you you know yeah. I, i'm going to say this i did a lot of healing and one of the uh-huh. best books that i was gifted was called yeah. the power of now by eckhart tolle and in mm-hmm. that book he describes this and this really helped me out you have to remove yourself from your body of pain you are not that pain you went through that pain and it is no longer a part of you you need to stop identifying as that pain and that's what i've done and that's why i can look back and speak about my experience without bawling my eyes out and going through the stuff again it was horrific it happened mm-hmm. it was terrifying at the time and it was heartbreaking and it was soul crushing but i can look back and say now i am okay to speak about it it was a part of my past that i can't deny that i used to be ashamed of but mm-hmm. no longer thanks a lot for sharing all this you're a really generous woman and you were so helpful with the aim of whoever could listen maybe they'll get insight into their life and will have a better life ahead i hope so too because you know i always believed whenever i was younger and i was going through this stuff that there's a reason why i'm going through this and it's not just because i was foolish or anything but you know i believed that there was going to be a time where it could help somebody because everything that i had been through before was always able to be put in a position of helping somebody so and if anybody wants to email me they can reach out at personal.acumen@gmail.com uh that way if they have any questions or anything they want to discuss and i'll be more than happy to discuss with them anything i'll also put your email id in the description itself so if anyone wants all right yeah this was a great time to spend with you and hopefully your listeners will get something from it uh with your insights and your wisdom i'm sure they learn a lot well it was definitely a pleasure to be on your show i hope you enjoyed the time i did I did and I liked to uh, I liked that you questioned me and that you pushed forward on certain things as well. Thanks. I'll make sure to keep this up. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I I look forward to hearing more. Yes. Uh you are very engaging by the way and that is nice because you listen. I've actually heard some podcasts where the host does not listen and it kind of makes me sad for the guest but i did not feel that way about you and i deeply appreciate that because that means that you were actually listening <laughs> i'm here to listen to your story and learn frankly i'm a big sucker for something to learn and i know right. that to, with your experience there is so much to learn that i can never get enough of it <laughs> i can keep going <laughs> on for another hour at least Right, right. I think being a sponge whenever it comes to other people's experiences and, you know, their uh their lessons, their life lessons that they've picked up, it it's really important because that way you don't have to go through the pain just to get to the triumph. That is actually true. 
even though some things are only learned with experience but mm-hmm. yeah it does help a lot in uh, as you said recognizing the red flags mhm so yeah i do uh, hope everyone who listens to this will be able to make their relationship a bit better have some uh, you know happier life ahead yes it sounds like the little birdies are happy right now too <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know one of the things that i have to say is this you know pain is the best lesson for anybody because we remember those lessons the best and the most um there are people who will go through things repeatedly and it's just not painful enough for them to either break out of it or whatever but you know um i'm not saying to allow yourself to do that but uh just for future remember that pain is the best lesson we will learn from it every single time <laughs> and hopefully not repeat it <laughs> when you have you know really bad pain you'll make sure it does not happen next time right that self preservation i have learned that first hand and now i just all i can say is okay let's hope no one else learns it that way oh yeah definitely especially if it comes to abusive situations i really don't want anybody else to experience the same things you know i want them to be able to to listen and not say i'm going to be the exception because we always think that we're going to be the exception and then whenever it's all said and done we're like well i wasn't the exception and what made me think that i was going to be the exception i don't know <laughs> it's that hope you know and i just hope that people really you know don't get that stuck in their head like i am going to be the exception cuz you're never going to be the exception to the rule it happens the way it happens and um you know that doesn't mean don't hold hope for a relationship but if you see the red flags and you keep saying to yourself i'm going to be the exception you're just fooling yourself yeah i i have an idea i've tried being that exception myself Mhm. Mhm. I think everybody does. And you know there's a song in America. Um I forgot who sings it. Everybody plays the fool sometimes. Everybody cries sometimes, you know. Um and it basically means that we're going to be on both sides of the coin. We're going to be the ones who uh, fall for somebody and we're going to get our hearts broken. We're going to play the fool. You know, we're going to fall for all the games and and we're going to end up crying but there's also the part where we end up being the ones who play somebody for a fool and we're the ones who end up making the other person cry we we get to be on both sides you know as much as i would like love to deny it but yes i know that there are people in whose story i am the villain i am the bad person i'm the one who caused them pain mhm and sometimes it's not even because you intend to you know sometimes it just happens that way and you try to avoid every single aspect of hurting somebody but you know sometimes it just happens and you know it's it's just part of life this is the way life is um the best thing i can say is just don't beat yourself up over it because 
some people aren't meant to be together. Some people are meant to have a lesson. Um, and, you know, some people are meant to be a blessing. You can be a blessing and a lesson to somebody, you know, and it's, it's, um, I'd rather be a blessing than a lesson, but I'd also like to be a lesson, you know, not in the bad way, <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes that's just the way it goes. And, you know, in my, in my podcast, personal acumen, I talk about this, how you have to look at yourself in a neutral light. Don't beat yourself up over things like this. Really take a look at yourself and see where you went wrong, fine tune yourself and then move forward with your life because, you know, there's no sense in beating yourself up for mistakes or decisions. Just learn from them. Um, make sure that you know how not to do it again and then move forward with your life. You know, don't hang on to that shame and, you know, don't let pride stop you from improving yourself or ego from improving yourself. It's okay to admit I was wrong and I messed up. It's okay to do that. And it's okay to mess up because you're human and it's okay to feel sadness and anger and, you know, any number of the emotions, but just don't get stuck there. Don't beat yourself up and, you know, try to just rebuild yourself the way you feel more comfortable being and, um, you know, avoid those pitfalls again. Um, you know, it's, it's okay to, you know, feel those emotions and everything. And it's okay to look at yourself and learn those lessons and avoid all those pitfalls, but don't beat yourself up over it. Thanks again for giving your valuable time. Well, I appreciate you also getting up so early in the morning. We're on different sides of the world, and I just appreciate your time. Thank you so much, and, and thank you for what you're doing, too. It's really amazing. I, I just hope it to help someone out there be a better person. Yes, I'm sure it will. Just keep doing what you're doing and do it with passion. And thank you so much. Bye-bye, and have a great evening out there. Well, you have a wonderful morning and a wonderful day. Thank you, Nishant.